Welcome to Down to Herf, the podcast for cigar smokers, whiskey drinkers, and for the people just looking to kick back, light up, and have a good time. I'm your host, Jerry, and I'm joined by, as always, my co-host, Gio and Caleb. Fellas, 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 what is happening on this fine 4th of July weekend? What is up, Caleb? Uh, exciting times. Uh, exciting shirt, by the way. Very nice and loud. Yours as well. Oh, yeah, dude. I wasn't playing around, man. Back it up, Terry. Back it up. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Gio, how you doing today, buddy? I am excited, and I'm already just enjoying it after the first two puffs. All right. Well, I, I definitely, I'm definitely feeling the same way you are. Uh, obviously, we have a really cool cigar, but I do want to just say fatherhood. I'm a dad now. Just had a baby girl a couple days ago. Uh, what a life-changing moment, man. I'm going to tell you, when you hold your baby for the first time, you hold your daughter, it is literally life-changing. I never really understood Caleb, but you know, I always felt like Caleb kind of babies the girls a little bit, but dude, I'm telling you, man, when you hold that baby, I, I first of all, I didn't think I was going to cry. <laughs> I fucking cried like a baby. I just couldn't believe the moment. I was just like, this is so crazy. But what a little ball of joy in our lives, and I'm just so thankful that, uh, you know, God blessed me with, uh, you know, healthy mama and healthy baby, and I just look forward to, you know, the future and being a good father to that little girl, so didn't mean to go off on a crazy no, tangent. God, God bless you, man. But, it's man, a what, a, what a crazy, crazy little roller coaster ride this week. Oh, no, God God bless you, man. Life is uh, full of miracles, and you got a little one with you, too, and I'm sure our girls will be friends, and you know what? I used to baby them, not anymore. They're wild. Yeah. You do got some wild childs, man. <laughs> wild yeah. children. I, I wanted to pluralize wild child, but I feel bad it for, doesn't work. I feel bad for my parents because there are three boys and I got two girls. So, I mean, I, I God bless my parents for what me and my brothers did to them. <sighs> you went complete opposite too, dude. <laughs> three boys to three girls. Yeah. So Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you just ain't winning, bro. They run the house. Yeah, it's a girl's world, really. Sometimes it really is. So much estrogen in the house right now, man. I mean, I it's just crazy. Yeah, need tests. I need tests. Test. Got to wow. got to get you know, got to tell my doctor I got some low I got to tell my doctor I got low T cuz I'm surrounded by all women. Yeah. Their estrogen's rubbing off on me. Listen, didn't want to get off on a crazy tangent because obviously we got a pretty cool episode coming up for you guys. Awesome fucking cigar. Cannot wait to review this thing and Gio, without further ado, my brother, what are we smoking today? Because this thing's going to be a treat. Well, listeners, we've been talking about this since it was announced, and we were bragging when we got it in our hands. Without further ado, the boys are smoking the EP Carrillo Pledge of Allegiance 2023 Limited Edition, only 1,776 boxes in existence. Nod to our founding fathers and the American dream. This bad boy is out of the DR. It is a full-bodied Maduro. This is a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, though. So one of the uh, fun little facts, like typically you think of Connecticut's as a lighter wrapper. Did you see the interview with uh, EP? I did not. He he talked a little bit about how... and. I'm not quoting this directly from him. I I do I could be wrong on this, but I this might be the first time he used any kind of American, like Connecticut 
I think you said that. Rapper. I think this yeah, is I the first time, and he said too. it was an interesting blend, and it was for something very special, and this was the cigar that he used it for, but it is the Connecticut. And he wanted to use it just to tie into, yeah. use an American blend for a cigar that celebrated America, right? Correct. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I thought. And yeah. I'm almost positive that's what the story is, but. Yeah, I mean, I'll read his little uh, thing here, because I feel like this was a master craftsmanship. This thing is, I haven't seen it anywhere out of all of the list of retailers that got it. And they're sold out. I, if you guys got your hands on these, enjoy it, cherish it, and they're going to be a great smoke. To get back into the details of the cigar, so one thing they actually did with it, they call he called it a four nation blend. So there's four different national tobaccos in this. So you obviously have the main wrapper, a U.S. Connecticut broadleaf. The binder is an Ecuadorian Connecticut. And the filler is Dominican and Nicaraguan and American tobacco. That's my play on. I'm almost positive he does not use, yeah. if ever, American tobacco. And see here. Uh, get here into it. So his this actually comes in the box here. So the Pledge of Allegiance, a masterfully crafted blend that captures the essence of the Perez Creole family's inspiring journey from Cuba to America. Just as the family persevered through adversity and nurtured their rich heritage, each carefully rolled cigar embodies the same spirit of resilience and unwavering dedication to excellence. This blend is a bold, harmonious fusion of flavors which celebrates the patriotic love for their adopted homeland and honors the pursuit of the American dream. The 1776 box is made to commemorate the signing of the Declaration of Independence include 10 cigars that have a USA wrapper, Ecuadorian binder, and USA, Dominican, and Nicaraguan filler. With every puff, you'll experience the heart and soul of the family's legacy, and it is a testament to their passion for the art of cigar making. So, obviously... This thing's cool. Yeah, this yeah. is a piece that they really put a lot of effort in, and you could tell in the craftsmanship. We were lucky to get box number 318 of 1776. Crack this bad boy open here. Awesome box, by the way. Yeah, I mean, the inside is beautiful. Yeah. But what did you expect? I mean, this is a tribute to, you know, a, a family, you know, migrating to the United States in, in search of the American dream. And I mean, I'd say they succeeded in that. Oh, my goodness. They, they did it all. They did everything. You got the red, the white, the blue and the stars on the box. You got the stars, red, white and blue on the on the bands. It's awesome. Oh, totally an ode to America. It's so cool. Yeah. And they say, from my understanding, that this like blend was meant to also be a fusion of their prior two releases the pledge which obviously you know we just smoked on a recent episode and their firecracker version and the allegiance which we also smoked on a recent episode so this was really how it uh all came together yeah i know geo joked around and took uh credit for the the name <laughs> because i'm pretty sure we did announce the name that we you know they should do a pledge of allegiance cigar what was a pledge of allegiance to the herf was the name of the episode yeah i know we brought this up before but it's kind of funny that you know it all came full circle and uh you know epc ended up using that as uh you know a tribute cigar to the united states <laughs> and you know it's just it's really funny how like you, you think of something funny and then all of a sudden it comes uh you know comes to happen and you know it's just really odd it's a great fusion of two cigar names and yeah i guess if it's a blend of the both two it so far it's uh it's working really well for sure definitely so what do we got uh what do, what do we what are we drinking today buddy 
All what right. are we pairing this bad boy with? All right, today's pairing, we're doing Henry McKenna, single barrel, 10-year, bottled and bond. Uh, so this is a Heaven Hill product from Kentucky. Um, I didn't really notice it was single barrel before, because this is one I've actually had before. And this is going to be a redemption pour for me. I had this a while ago when this bottle, I'm telling you right now, it was 30 bucks. I had this before. I thought, hmm, about a good $30 bottle. Price raised up, went to like the 50s, and now some places, this store is sitting on the shelf for 16 and above. I've even seen it for $98. So we'll see if this can earn a redemption for me, because I didn't really like it my first time. I don't know if you guys have ever had it before, but uh, we'll, we'll see what's to come. Um, so a little bit about this. It was named after Henry McKenna. He's an Irish immigrant um, who adapted his family's whiskey res- recipe from Ireland uh, to work with the grains he found uh, living in Kentucky, where he ended up. Um, this is one of the longest age bottle and bond whiskeys available today. It's been through 40 Kentucky seasons. Um, critics say it is the most perfectly balanced bourbon. Um, it won a uh, best single barrel bourbon award at San Francisco world spirits competition in 2018. Um, like I said, it started off at 30 bucks. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, get up and go with this bottle. It became allocated, uh, jumped into the sixties. I've seen it at 95 tops. Um, so there's a lot of good things to say about this bottle, some critics. Uh, mash, ban- mash blend right here, 75% corn, 13% rye, and 12% malted barley. You can really smell the corn on it. Yeah, it definitely has a sweet nose to it. Uh, again, I don't drink a lot of things. I try not to drink out of a rocks glass. You know, I, I, I prefer using like a Glencairn, but uh, very sweet on the nose. Uh, I did get, you know, my first taste. Uh, it's bottled in Bond, so it's 100 proof, right? Hundred proof. Yep. Hundred proof. Uh, tastes a little hotter than a hundred proof. I agree with you there. I, I don't know what it is, but I just saw Gio's face from his sip. Oh, uh, there yeah, he is. Yeah, that's a longer finish for that sure. That is I mean, just in comparison, right? We did the castle and key that uh there we did. Yeah. Do you remember drinking that? That was ninety eight percent. Or ninety eight proof, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Ninety eight proof. So I mean you're looking Similar proof point. It's a very similar proof point, but not enough of a difference where we would you would be able to know. I feel like if you put a ninety eight point proofer and a hundred proofer, most people wouldn't be able to tell you the difference. I'll tell you what. After my my second sip, though, that 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 bite it disappears a little bit, uh, and now I'm able to taste that sweetness that I, I'm pretty sure the corn's bringing out. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to drinking it. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. So like, I picked this bottle out on the shelf. Uh, I knew. I'd never had it. We never did it on the show. So I know Caleb is our, you know, the connoisseur in terms of trying probably the most different brands. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, it seemed like a reasonable price point. I wasn't trying to. I feel like at this point, anything 10 years, like if you like that's yeah. a decent product is about, you know, fair for 60 bucks. I $100, I would have been like. Yeah, yeah, I saw it for 95 at a store and I was like, no, no way. Yeah, no like, I'm on, with you on that. You're on crack. I'm with you on that. But like, I think mo- if you, 55, 60 bucks is probably pretty reasonable from my understanding. Like, that seems like you're not being gouged. Well, hey, if you really like this, like I said back in the day, this sat on the shelf for uh, like thirty ninety nine. Yeah, but so did like yeah, freaking yeah. Blantons, and now yeah, Bl- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pay two hundred because they want to collect the horses. The chase for the single <laughs> barrels too. The chase for the single barrels. Um, I also, so Henry McKenna, he grew up in Ireland. He was born in 1819. He came to Nelson County, Kentucky in 1838. Um, when he was in Ireland, he actually worked at his family's Irish distillery 
and he did work at a liquor store and a bar as well. Uh, when he came to America, he had no intentions on actually being like a distiller. He actually uh, worked uh, doing manual labor on roads and in the fields like many other Irish immigrants during the 1840s. So he had no plans and just like he got an idea one day to blend his family's Irish whiskey recipe with with the grains he found in Kentucky. And that's where um, he started in 1855 when they opened a flour mill. So just got wasted no time. And he's like, I got to start distilling now. And that's how that's how the product, you know, came to start back in the 1850s. Well, if you didn't learn something today, <laughs> you did now. You learned all about Henry McKenna. Yeah, well, you know the what? Irish distiller, yeah. the Irishman who uh, you know his family worked at what he owned a distillery. His family owned a distillery in or, Ireland back in the day. Yeah. yeah, so they were making Irish whiskey. Yeah, so completely different than Kentucky bourbon. Different grains. Yeah, the, yeah, different pot. Oh, probably the same copper pot back in the day. But yeah, you know what? It's hard to find a lot of information on Henry McKenna, especially through uh, you know the Heaven Hill website. So I had to go to uh, whiskeyuniversity.com to find... They got every master distiller on there. So Are you saying there's a possibility Henry McKenna might not be real? No, he's definitely real. Okay. He's definitely real. All right. All right. Henry yeah, McKenna. What is that? Helen Keller? Sounds a little <laughs> Yeah, similar. a little bit. A little bit. There's a conspiracy for you right there. But listen... Were they the same thing? <laughs> hey, who knows? But listen. Dude. I don't know how you guys feel about the 4th of July, but this is honestly like one of my favorite holidays. Uh, it's a time to drink beer. It's a time to play baseball. It's a time to party. It's it's just, it encaptures what being American really is all about. Uh, I don't know what your traditions are, what you guys do for the most part, but I mean, what do you guys think about, you know, what do you guys think about the 4th of July? I mean, it's changed over the years. I mean, you know... Obviously, when you're younger, you're just like, yeah, fireworks. Like that's oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Then you know, as you get older, you want to just like go to the beach, like the teenager. You go like sneak some beers at like Gallagher Beach or some shit. Or then by the time you're old enough to drink, like I'm about to go get like shit faced at Mickey Rats and you know find my way on one of my friend's boats or something. Yeah. Then now it's just like God. I hope I don't get too fucking annihilated and be dead at work tomorrow. Yeah. What do you do on the fourth? You know what? Um, you know, back in the day, I wanted to ask you guys. This is a question I had. Were you guys like big parade guys with your families? Get the candy from like off the fire truck in the street like that? Or were you guys more like fireworks show at night? And I wanted to ask, what's better, parades or fireworks show? I got to be honest with you. I never went to any kind of 4th of July parade. I don't know what kind of upbringing you had, bud, but it sounds like it was a lot cooler than mine. Because mine was like we had the snaps. You know what I'm saying? We <laughs> yeah. would throw the snaps on at each yeah, other. Yeah. Uh, and we had like snakes that would completely destroy the sidewalk, and like you, they're the most yeah. boring and, and smoke sparklers, bombs. smoke bombs. That was another one, dude. Yeah. You remember those <laughs> yeah, fucking hey, things? Those are fun. You used to be able to buy those at a corner store. Yeah, definitely used to buy them at the corner store. Yeah, and the sparklers all too. year round too. <laughs> yep. But yeah. they were just a little more popular at the Fourth of July. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think mean, definitely fireworks at fireworks night. at night better. Like, well, no, I never I like went fireworks. to a 4th of July parade. Like, you guys never did parades? Bro, I grew up on the west side. Like, yeah, we had LaSalle Park. <laughs> didn't they do a parade down there? Yo, where, Street, G- no? where Geo fucking grew up, man, he didn't know if they were fireworks or gunshots. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, it was probably a pretty good mix. Let's be realistic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, things do pop off on 4th of July. It's a perfect time to get away with the shooting, perhaps. You know, yeah. For all you criminals out there who listen to the pod. Dude. Gang, gang. <laughs> Dude, you're not wrong, bro. You are absolutely yeah. not wrong. Like... Have you worked a 4th of July yet? 
I refuse to work on the. I worked of July. one. Yeah, you I take off to play per- baseball. I take so. I have uh It's like Groundhog's Day, but it's the best day of the year. Uh, I wake up. I immediately meet all of my childhood friends. We play a huge baseball game, uh, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with trying to get 18 people to all go to the same place at one time. Everyone showed it's up late. It's a little difficult. Everyone showed up late that one year I joined you. Yeah, but I mean, it was still a good time, right? When yeah. was the last time you played like uh, you know a, f- a fun baseball game with your buddies? Not since college. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's It's so hard to get people to just be anywhere together so i mean to get all of our buddies together and do this every year it's a great time we just drink hang out listen to music play baseball after baseball i usually go home figure out what i'm doing my parents throw a big party and then we watch fireworks gotta be honest geo did touch on fireworks or uh, caleb asked about fireworks or uh or parades or parades i gotta say dude i'm not like a huge fan of fireworks like the the ones in the sky that blow up i could really give two fucks about those but I am like a big fan of like if you can catch like a you know like a, a good M A D or something like that from oh, somebody. No, no, no. See like so that like, the way so it would fun. work is like back in the day when you had to go to Pennsylvania to get all the crazy <laughs> yeah, fireworks, right? like I think that's fireworks going outside right now, it sounds it like it is. Yeah. I couldn't so, figure out what it was. Back in the day when you'd have to go to Pennsylvania to get the fireworks, we'd have the the our own little show out front of the, in the neighborhood. They're going off like right behind the garage. It sounds yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But continue, friend. And like you're lighting your own shit up, and it's definitely reckless and irresponsible. I'm sure at some point, but you know, '90s kids, we live dangerously. It's light the light the wick and run away. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like if you're lighting your own fireworks, they're fucking awesome. Yeah. It doesn't matter how shitty they are. <laughs> yeah, well, you paid for them. I mean, it's always, yeah, they're so it, expensive. It is always fun to just light and run away and just catch what happens. Like the, the the giant cheese wheel firecrackers, you guys ever seen those? Yeah, where they just keep the spins around. And oh goes off yeah, there. yeah. Right, bro. They're they're fucking sweet. They're they're like a, the size of a large like pizza, but they're like thirteen pizzas stacked on top of each other, and they're just all firecrackers, and they go for like forty minutes. I got I got one for you guys. What about Roman candle wars with like your brothers or your oh, friends in the neighborhood? Those are, that was always a good time. We used to shoot each other with <laughs> yeah. Roman candles, dude. We probably sound like absolute degenerates, but here's the thing: this is why women live longer than men because we shoot each other with fucking Roman candles. Uh, I'm pretty sure one of my buddies got hit in the face one time. Like it was fucked up, man. Like the the shit you do when you're young. Oh yeah. Like clearly, they state do not hold this while it's <laughs> shooting. Do you have you ever seen anybody use a Roman candle any other way? Correct. You just hold it, right? Right. You hold the thing out there and it shoots. That oh, is yeah. absolutely not the way to to fuck with those things. All right, I got another one for you guys. What, what I we might have mentioned it real quick, but what was your favorite Fourth of July ever? Um, who wants to go first, and then I'll, I'll go last with this one. Oh mm. man, I gotta say, dude, I think my favorite Fourth of July of all time was that Fourth of July that we played baseball. You guys, you guys came over to my parents' house. We sang karaoke. I was absolutely obliterated. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was singing all these crazy songs. It was like the middle of the night. Fireworks are shooting off. Everybody's Everyone's fucking in the drunk. Pool. Everyone was in the pool. It was a great time, man. It was like a good, like a good mix of family, friends, alcohol, uh, America's pastime. We had a good baseball game, good and co- it was good, ninety-two degrees good out. Co- good cookout. Good cookout. All that, man. That was probably my favorite Fourth of July. That's that was, one. I think. 
2017. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, I think so. What What about you, buddy? Oh, oh man, Gio, you want to go first? See, the thing is, is like I'm trying to like figure out my favorite, like appropriate for like Fourth of July <laughs> that you can I can actually tell the story without you know the beeps. Yeah, the beeps. We don't beep anything on this show. Listen, there's there's no there's beeps internal here. beeps. That the, the, the X rated, <laughs> the X rated Fourth of July that Geo has had. Listen, it was there was just a lot of fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> so punny. That's all. No, I would probably say I like the uh, that they meant more when you were younger, for sure. Like, cause you always have you're around your family, like. And for whatever reason, like maybe it was just something I thought when we were younger, but I don't feel like it's as prevalent. Like you don't see a lot of big family get togethers anymore. When I was a kid, everyone had their family get together. Yeah. yeah, but we still do that in my family. Every year we all go to my parents' house. But when we were kids, we used to go to this park, Emory Park. Yeah. And we had like a pavilion and everyone in the family would be there. All the cousins, we'd be running around the uh, the creek fucking catching like newts and fucking salamanders and fucking crawfish and all that shit uh we'd be running around just thinking back how irresponsible of our fucking parents i wouldn't see my parents for like three hours we could be lost in the woods or dead in the creek they're just drinking beers they're just pounding beers having a good time (laughs) playing horseshoes and shit and and now that i think back our my parents were probably maybe like two years older than i am now so I completely fucking understand. Yeah, I get it. I I agree. I one hundred percent understand. Go, go play. Go yeah, play. yeah. See you guys. Have a good time. Oh, there's seven of you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> statistically, six of you will be okay. I'll take my chances. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's honestly how it felt, man. But you're absolutely right, man. The the, the family stuff, Geo, super important, and you, you don't see a lot of that anymore, man. Yeah. You really don't. Like, I also think too, it plays a part, like how old you are and what place in life you're like because i feel like if i got asked this question when i was like 25 my answer would be completely different Mm -hmm. like i think those those uh those maturing years those those early 30s those uh late 20s you start to realize the value of family i know the show seems like it's taking a fucking real sentimental turn but i assure you it's not going to stay that way yeah oh yeah um yeah just wait till you hear my favorite uh fourth of july stories <laughs> uh, we'll tell it buddy uh, dude right around the time i was like 2021 20, oh, you know no. these were the years uh you, all your friends they get the cottage out at sunset there's no parents you just run out the house to yourself you're talking like american you're getting, pie you get yeah american pie you're getting 50 people close to the beach you start off like so the third of july i'd always spend with my family big fireworks display our own shit the 4th of July, I would, you know, I'd spend the night at the cabin. Other people got the house. I'd bring up half the fireworks because no one else brought fireworks. And you want to talk about irresponsible fireworks materials. Not only Roman Candle Wars, you got people holding, uh, whatchamacallit, what are the things? Not bottle rockets, but the bigger ones that you're supposed to stick in tubes. The, with the wood stick? Oh, you got people yeah, holding yeah, yeah. those and just lighting them off out of their hands. The those mortars? Are, no, no, not, not the, mortars. the mortars. Those are, they are like bottle rockets. They're just bigger. Bigger bottle rockets. They're like yeah. a bigger bottle rocket. Dude, right? I had people holding the bigger bottle rockets like that just in their hands letting them off and people are letting them go they're hitting cars and parking lots and it's like oh we're gonna get kicked out of sunset i feel like this is absolutely the the <laughs> most perfect tie-in to obviously one of my favorite all-time fucking fourth of july there's nothing more patriotic than terry bag it up can we all agree absolutely. so there's no way i can go i can get through a show we're talking on the fourth of july without playing this clip so hang in there guys if you've never seen it make sure you're watching it on the youtube 
and subscribing to the YouTube so you can watch the show in person. Bag up, bag up. Bag up, Terry. Put it reverse, Terry. Put it reverse. Oh, Lord. Lord, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. What the, what, what you doing, Terry? Terry, what's the one? Poor Terry. I do enjoy that he's laughing about it, though. Oh, yeah. Terry's having a good time. Good sense of humor. But, again, I, I just to, to keep on playing with what you're uh, you're talking about, dude, the irresponsible fucking uh, firework usage. Here's another clip. <laughs> oh, yeah. this is, You sent you this one this, this morning. This is another well, right? amazing clip of somebody just being completely irresponsible right. with fireworks. Talk about irresponsible at sunset. Like, my, my early 20s, this is the shit me and my friends were doing at our sunset cottage so here we got a kid he put one of the mortars in a just a regular like orange cone cone and uh he's gonna shoot it out of a cone but let's see let's see how this turns out did you see this shit didn't go (laughs) right at him (laughs) so the thing just fucking explodes in his face and i i fucking love it that's america baby yeah, this that was, is fucking America. This was the shit I was doing 20, 21, 22. And these were some of like my funnest uh, 4th of July. Not to, not to mention the one that we had with your family in baseball, but doing shit like that when you're drunk, you spent all day at the beach uh, getting drunk too, and then going back. I'm pretty sure yeah. I've seen a mortar get shot out of a, like, you know, it tipped over and it shot into a car that oh, there yeah. were people in. And I'm like, dude, the 4th of July is so fucking dangerous, dude. Like, somebody in America, this is definitely going to be the last weekend they have with 10 fingers. 100%. You just made me think of a uh, pretty funny story. Uh, So my my younger brother, his name is Jordan. And so the bottle rockets. Normally, we're we're trying to be nice about it. You put it in like a, a Pepsi bottle or something like that, so it doesn't like tip over and shoots right up. Well, Fourth of July, uh, there was a corner store across the street. My brother lit it, but when he ran away, when the lit wick started lit it, the bottle fell over and went across the, the street into some guy's tail light. <laughs> <laughs> I love and, that, dude. Oh man, I'll tell you guys off air the really really inappropriate joke because we were making some terrible comments about my brother and nickname he earned can't say it on air because you know too sensitive wow man but ironically the dude whose tail like like i still see him to this day i know he ended up being one of my like dad's friends so that was just pure wasn't a jerk about it like my dad's like you know let me know what i owe you for the tail light (laughs) did damage Oh, it went through like that. It was crazy. I never <laughs> strong ass firework right there, for sure. I dude, they're fucking. They're so dangerous, man. But they're so fucking fun. They're it's, definitely fun. Exactly. I mean, originally they were tools of war. Fireworks? Did you know that? Yeah, no, I had no idea. Made by the Chinese back. Yeah, in, they were uh, meant to intimidate, century, right? uh, like invaders. Like that's how I'm convinced. Like a lot of these crazy legends got out. They would have like the fireworks going off, and like then you'd see like you know chinese forces come massacre a camp and you're just like what the hell are they got going on this is uh no shot of china or anything if that was how they were doing but it's it's funny they're like war tactics are like how we entertain ourselves it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny i don't know well um bringing up holiday traditions and fourth of july so uh today being the second of july was actually the day the continental congress voted in fl- in favor of the resolution for american independence uh unanimous vote um 
but it was on the day John Adams wrote to his life that July 2nd would be celebrated for all generations. But it turns out um, they ended up on the 4th because that was the day the Continental Congress officially adopted the Declaration of Independence, which is largely written by Thomas Jefferson, of course. So instead of the 2nd, we celebrate the 4th, but it was actually signed today. Beautiful. And um, fireworks have always been a part of celebrating Independence Day since July 4th, 1776. Um, Philadelphia had a big fireworks display, and they also had a, a warship do a 13 cannon salute for the 13 colonies at that time. So, you know, fireworks always been part of American tradition. Back then, they did ringing of bells, speeches. They did, uh, after the Revolutionary War, they would do uh, memorials on the graves for the Revolutionary War soldiers for everyone who died. And they would also do mock funerals of King George uh, of England. I love it. Yeah, hey, America. Insert America music, <laughs> which is like just like 80s <laughs> fucking action uh, music. <laughs> Some crazy shit like that. You know what I also look forward to every year? I don't know how well you guys follow it, but uh, I'm a big fan of the hot dog eating contest. The Glizzy Gobblers. The Glizzy Gobbler, dude. The championship of the world. The Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Yeah. Great times. Always fun to watch. Don't know how they do it, and they probably feel like shit the next day. Dude, uh, I did a little research on, obviously, like Joey Chestnut and, you know, the the actual history of the hot dog eating contest. I don't know if a lot of you guys knew this, but uh, Nathan's Hot Dogs has been like a, a really historic place in Coney Island. Uh, I just thought it was like a brand. I didn't really know it was like this big deal. But uh, the company was founded in 1916 by Nathan Handworker, who started selling hot dogs for five cents each on Coney Island. Uh, the hot dogs quickly gained popularity, and Nathan became Nathan's became a beloved New York institution. Today, Nathan's is known around the world for its delicious hot dogs and its annual Fourth of July hot dog eating contest. It's um, so it's funny you mentioned the start of it. I have another thing. So they had a promoter back in the day. Um, his name was Mortimer. Morty Matz, love it. Shout out to Morty out there. Um, Where's Rick? <laughs> so oh, they claim. Rick. So they claim that oh, on. Geez. So they claim on July fourth, nineteen sixteen, four immigrants were sitting outside Nathan's uh, Coney Island restaurant, and to settle an argument about who was most patriotic, they had a hot dog eating contest, and the winner was the most patriotic. Um, so they've held that contest ever since then, ever since nineteen sixteen, and they only stopped in two years. Uh, 1941 to protest World War II in Europe, and 1971 to pro- to protest political unrest in America. So uh, since 1916, only two years have been missed. So over 100 years of glizzy gobblers. And, and you even, fit they, right in, buddy. They even did it during COVID. COVID can't stop the glizzies. That's true. That's true. So just a little history on it, okay? Uh, obviously, this is not any... If, if you've ever watched the hot dog eating contest, you know who Joey Chestnut is, right? Yeah, Kobayashi is the other big one. Kobayashi is the other one. So Kobayashi was Joey Chestnut before Joey Chestnut. Yeah. Uh, Actually, there's a pretty cool ESPN 30 on on 30 about the the eating competition, which uh, I thought the world of competitive eating sports. Yes, dude. It's it's actually it, dude. It's pretty wild, honestly. This is about to be on ESPN eight. The Ocho. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Joey Chestnut, 39 years old from Kentucky, 15 times he's won the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition. Wow. Uh, He's ranked as the number one. (laughs) He's number one in the world in major league eating, which is actually an establishment, which is amazing. Uh, What's more American than that, man? 
What's more American than that? The chicken celebrating wing. gluttony. I love it. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. He ate like two hundred and seventy-one chicken wings in Philadelphia one year. They do the one in Buffalo too. Yeah. Uh, ugh, gross. But uh, a little history on Joey Chestnut, in case you didn't know. So on July fourth, two thousand seven, Joey Chestnut won the ninety-second annual Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Uh, he defeated Kobayashi, the six-time defending champion, for the first time. By eating 66 hot dogs and buns in 12 minutes. Uh, he successfully you know, defended it pretty much since then. Uh, it's pretty amazing. It's disgusting. But uh, on July 4, 2021, Joey Chestnut won his 14th. So we're talking, you know, I, I think the only year he didn't win was 2015 since then. So that was in 2007. Uh, he set a new world record for hot dogs eating eaten in 10 minutes, which is 76 hot dogs. That's 76 hot that's dogs. That's insane. In 10 minutes. How do you fit all that in your gut? But just a little more on Joey Chestnut. Last year, he won again, winning his 15th, and he would be the incumbent winner. Uh, he ate 63 last year in 10 minutes, and the contest was actually... He, he won by, like, 16 hot dogs, and the contest was actually interrupted by a like animal rights activist in the middle of the I remember that. <laughs> I do remember I have that. a little yeah. clip of this. Joey Chestnut actually not only wins the competition but puts some dude in a chokehold in the middle of it. So <laughs> I, I just kind of want to play the clip. I remember that. And this is literally during the competition. Choked him out, just kept eating. He was at that point already at uh he already had a six hot dog league at the lead at this point. Uh just chokes the guy out and pretty amazing. Look at this shit. I mean, th- this is Unbelievable to me. ESPN top ten right there. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you guys like the hot dog eating contest? I like that a lot better. The guy came out with a Vader mask and he just like choked him out and going right back to shoving glizzies. Absolutely was having none of that, but no. uh <laughs> I don't I don't really know, but uh it's a- I could never watch it. I would get grossed out. Yeah. Like think all right. My okay, so we watched last year's earlier. Oh god in the house. And I actually watched the Kobayashi 30 and 30 uh-huh. on ESPN. The shit that they used to make these guys do was crazy. There was like one with Kobayashi when they they uh they made them like eat brains, like cow brains and shit. And my my mother in law sitting there. I'm holding the baby, and she's like, "This is disgusting." I'm like, "This is just a documentary I'm watching." Okay, like this. It's for research purposes. Yeah, research purposes. I actually really like this stuff. Uh, I'm a huge fan of watching a man eat 70 brains. You know, it, it absolutely it's the one disgusting. time a man has said, oh, I'm only watching this for research purposes and not lying. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, how do these guys prepare their guts to take in that much food? It's so, crazy. I'm just going to be completely research. honest. I was gonna say, they have to take the most disgusting shit. I <laughs> had the question, do these guys, are they like... Do they suffer from like bulimia or something? Do they like immediately start puking? Do they take like the most monster shits? Like, because I was doing a little research on, you know, how these guys actually prepare for this. These dudes drink like two gallons of milk as fast as they can and stretch their stomach out as much as it can be stretched. You see like Joey Chestnut before these events, he's like pushing on his stomach, he's mm-hmm. pushing on his ribs, sucking his ribs in, like trying to make room, like pushing all the guts around. Like, this dude does so much. They they not they don't really eat like this aside from when they do the competitions, but they keep their stomach so stretched out with like liquids and shit that it, it their stomachs almost retain. That's why you see these dudes when they're doing these competitions, 
every year they eat more. It's like, hey, I did uh, six, 75 last year. That was a world record. And that was the year before he has the now current record of 76. So in 2020, he had 75, which was like, they used to think 35 was a max. That was like the most astronomical, tw- or 25 or 35. I can't remember what it was. They were like, that's astronomical. Then, like, Kobayashi shows up, eats 50, and they're like, oh, my God, 50 hot dogs. This is insane. We thought there was a limit, but apparently there's not. Well, like, it's weird because, like, you got you think of people who'd be in eating contests. Like, there would be these, like, morbidly obese, like, slobs. Kobayashi has a six-pack and weighs probably, like, 170 pounds. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's like he's literally nothing. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't get it. I love, gotta, like, I love after he won the one, he lifts up the shirt and just flexes his six pack. I'm like, this is crazy. How is that even possible? Like they have to like use like an enema or something after. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, how could you? De- have you ever like tried to eat like a fucking super mighty pack? I like, eat that's... like three slices of pizza and I'm like, oh my god, dude, my stomach. And yeah. then if you have a beer with that, crazy, uh, absolutely crazy. Yeah, I'm not about that life. I but, maybe get like five hot dogs down in ten minutes. That's about it. I mean, it's just a, it's just a really crazy thing. And as always, you can watch this on ESPN uh, on, on July fourth, like you can every single year. And if you're in Coney Island in Brooklyn, you can go to the corner of Surf and Stitwell and watch it in person. You know, I feel like that'd be something kind of cool to see. They have something called the Barf Zone too, by the way. Or the, the, front, the, the first, the first, the, or row? the wet zone, some shit like that. It's the first row because guys start like puking into the crowd and shit when they get too full. Bring your ponchos. If somebody puked on me, I don't know, man. I'd be disgusted. You can't go up and fight because you're literally oh, sitting in the front row. That. Like, yeah, that's just gross. Like, I mean, I at least that's not intentional though. Like, you might get like some residue. I feel like they're gonna like try and control it. Can I ask you a question, Gio? Hmm. If you did go to that event. I'm not going to that. Like, no. But, yeah. Back to my... My question is this. Okay. If you did, would you want to sit in the back or would you want to sit in the front? Probably want to be as close as possible, right? I'm, like, going off in the corner, so, like, I'm not getting... Still close, though? Yeah, I'm maybe in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, like, five rows back. I'm I'm not being in the barf zone. The barf zone. I don't know if that's what it's called, but there is a zone. I can't remember what If I get any puke on me, I might start puking. So, like, Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people. Bro, you raise... Two girls, like, you had to have gotten puked on. Yeah, and then sometimes the puke's so gross, you have to puke yourself. Are you going to uh, put a bet into the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest this year? I'm going to look if I can put a bet on If it's on DraftKings, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to I'm almost positive well, you can now. I'm going to take a look. I'm almost positive you could do it now. All right, I'm going to take a look to. to see if it's on there. Uh, yeah. Just so you know, last year, Joey Chestnut was minus 3,000. <laughs> All right. So what do you win, like? Every dollar you win like ten cents. Not even, probably a penny at, at that. A point. penny? Yeah, at that point, if it's like minus three thousand, you're. If you bet three thousand dollars, you'd probably get a dollar back. I think that's how it would work. Minus something like that. Yeah, you have to bet three thousand to win a dollar. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> he's minus three thousand. So there's almost no point of betting on it, right? It, well, you'd probably have to do the plus minus. So like. That he'd win by like ten hot dogs or something mm. like that. Yeah, that's yeah. probably. What you, uh, so there was some controversy. Or like last an over year. under. There yeah, was controversy. Oh, yeah. The over under on the hot dogs. Vegas did have to refund every bet because of that protester coming in and interrupting it, mm-hmm. and Joey Chestnut, <laughs> because that was like, that's not part of it. So they had to refund because who knows? Joey Chestnut every year has gone 
Over. Over. It, the number keeps getting higher and higher. So obviously this isn't the Joey Chestnut show, but I just thought it was, that's like one of those American 4th of July things that I feel like everybody loves. So, well, I can't find I it on, I can't it. find it on DraftKings, but maybe like tomorrow it'll be on there or something. Yeah. I think weird. you need another pour, right? Yeah, I could use one. Just to like randomly touch on the Vegas stuff. Like they do that with random things. Like if there's an interruption, like I know of baseball, like say you bet a guy to get like a base hit. That player has to play the game. Like, it's not like you can't just. So that would actually make sense. Then. Right. Like, if for some reason, like, uh, you bet a picture, a pitcher and they change the starter last minute. Yeah. Then you get refunded because then you you never had the chance in the bet to first place. See, I feel like that's actually a good thing because I feel like Vegas is kind of like one of those places that's like. I shouldn't have bet them then. You knew the risks. I feel like they're at the point where they know they're going to win more than they lose. So what is it like to at least keep people happy? I think it's part of like a fair fair play act too with all like the legalizing of sports betting. That actually would make probably more I, so sense. So I think it's part of like a fair play act where if you place a bet before like the lineups are out, you do get your money back because it's happened to me plenty of times. Yeah, that would actually make more sense because I, when you really think about it, you're right. But again... The casino owner's like, yep, yeah, fuck you, too bad if they didn't have to do it. <laughs> All right. I you can bet the starter next time. I got to ask. So since Jerry's on a second pour, what are we, how are we feeling about the McKenna? I got to say, I kind of like it, dude. And the more I drink of it, I'm, all, I'm through my first little pour of it. Uh, I got to say, man, it gets better and better with every, every little sip I take. So Any uh, specific smells, taste, anything besides the sweetness of the corn? This is a rare occurrence for me, but I'm actually doing a little talking this episode. So (laughs) I'm a big 4th of July guy, so I have a lot to say on the topic. Probably my second favorite holiday outside of Christmas. uh, No, 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 no. no. I'm calling you on your bullshit. Yeah, you you said said fucking Flag Day is your favorite holiday. So fuck you, dude. Another really American holiday. It is American. And like I said, it does fall on Trump's birthday. So, you know. But, you know, uh, anything with America, I love it. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i need water get water help i need water <laughs> memes gotta gotta find the memes out there but um you know what i gotta say it's been a while since i had it i know my first two times i had a little gripe with it but i think as, as i've drank in a lot more whiskey thanks to the podcast um i agree with jerry the more you drink this it's growing on me um i am getting the sweetness of the corn got like this weird um i don't know if you guys are getting it. it's like a weird metal taste and I don't know if that's like a bone I have to pick with this, but it instead of fermenting in like a American oak barrel, it feels like this was like in a like uh, a steel barrel. Do you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes. Okay, so their new season just came out in the last episode. Uh, they were talking about gold, like like gold schlager. Yeah. And uh, this is a spoiler alert. So if you watch Always Sunny and you didn't watch the new episode. This is airing. So, yeah, just stop. Know, two yeah. weeks after. Yeah, it's just airing in. No, this isn't actually air Wednesday. The oh, day yeah. after. Yes, I made an adjustment. Okay. So, uh, he says that he wants to. He's like, why don't they make a, like a, a a nickel schlager? And he throws a bunch of nickels into some like schnapps. Yeah, and some schnapps and starts drinking it. And it's a pretty funny. It's pretty funny. So I don't know, I'm getting like this. That's that's what I'm thinking of when you're like, I get metal taste. It could be weird. I'm getting. I am getting like a metal taste. Like it feels like it's been like you know how you drink those big water bottle containers and maybe sometimes like your water gets a little metal metallic taste to it. I don't know. Could just be me. Is that lead poisoning? I hope so. You hope so. I'm just kidding. I hope to live a long life and healthy. But yeah, I, it's growing on me. Um, it, it's not as hot as the first initial sip. Uh, like we said, 100 proof. 
came off a little hot, but the more you drink it, easing right back into it. Like, like I said, maybe I drank it. I was a little younger, uh, less experienced. Uh, we've tried a ton of whiskey <laughs> here, so um, definitely gotten better. I don't know about that price point, but I, I liked it better when it was thirty dollars. Gio, what do you uh, what do you think of the whiskey? So I actually was just like I took a few sips, and I was going to actually ask if there was like. Uh, like a caramel or something like that, like in the notes that you read, because I couldn't remember what you said. Like, I'm trying to figure that out. Like, it's like a. I didn't go over notes because I didn't like want to say them. Like I a, wanted to like, get what you guys picked up. Like a more maybe butterscotchy taste to it. But like after I got over that finish, I was like, oof. All right. Starting to get into a little bit. But it is a sweet taste. It's right. not like super. It's like toffee or something. Somewhere in that family, you get what I'm saying? Now that we're getting, you know, obviously into some whiskey notes, what do you guys think of the cigar? I love it. <laughs> I love it. Dude, I'm almost done with mine. I'm not even what? kidding. I'm almost done. I, uh, I'm getting down to like the second band. Oh, well, I mean, that's not that bad. I that's mean, like a halfway I, point. I feel like I'm flying through this one. We're though. At four, I, 45 minutes, bud. Right, I feel yeah, like I'm you're flying not, through this. Yeah, 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 this ain't bad. I just feel that like ain't I'm, bad. Well, it's going to be a two hour cigar for Gio, but I feel like I'm enjoying this so much, I'm flying through it. And I can't help it because I, I it's like such a great cigar, man. This is, it's so good. Um, Any particular notes you guys picked up in this first third to second third? Dude, this thing is, uh, dude, this is coffee. This is chocolate. Uh, it's so complex. I feel like I can kind of understand, like, uh, maybe you guys are getting this, maybe you're not, but I kind of understand, like, the the leather notes that they talk about now a little bit. Uh, it's kind of leathery, but, uh, I mean, besides that, espresso, coffee, chocolate, uh, this, um, is, this is awesome, man. This thing is delicious, and maybe that's just that dark wrapper being brought out on this cigar, but... This thing's awesome. Yeah, it's there's so much going on. Like, you obviously it's a Connecticut broadleaf, but it's Maduro, so like it's really throwing you for a loop there. This thing is complex, man. I think it is so impressive that you can mix that many different types of tobacco and still have something so smooth. Because at one point, one of these have to overpower the other, like. That's what I'm a little worried about. I feel like uh, with this particular pairing, I feel like the hotness from this bourbon is overpowering the cigar a little bit, and I didn't want that. So I only took a couple sips. Like, I haven't really... You're trying to enjoy the cigar more than the whiskey. I get you. Obviously, like, this is no shot at McKenna 10 if it's your favorite thing, but or, like, not readily available, but I feel like I can more likely to find McKenna 10 than I am these pledges. So, Pledge of Allegiance. And, like... One thing we've tried to shy away from a little bit is smoking these completely unobtainable cigars on the show just because like we want you as listeners to be able to experience what we're talking about, not just you know being like Dan Bilzerian, be like, hey, look at what I got and you'll never get it type shit. Are you talking about 19 half-naked girls on a yacht while you're shooting machine guns? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> yeah. One day. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. One day when we're all in our late forties or early fifties <laughs> and divorced, maybe. Uh, when maybe ST- you're speaking of uh, from your for yourself, but uh, <laughs> when, I don't, when I don't STG plan on decides that. to buy the herf, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I gotta say, uh, I agree with Jerry. Lots of chocolatey notes as I'm getting into the uh, halfway last third. Uh, it's starting to hit me with that pepper spice, but the Connecticut broadleaf, 
And Maduro, I, I like that. See, I like that. It's a cigar and the, the taste flavor profile that I'm really coming to enjoy a lot more. Uh, I mean, I would disagree on the spice factor. I got zero spice. I think this is one of the smoothest cigars I've ever smoked. Oh, it's, it's smooth. I like the spice. I like the chocolate. Maybe you got to get a little to the halfway point. And I'm with you, though. I'm you. with you, though. I get that spice. I, I, right, I, maybe, I, he's got to get there. I, I get the spice. Remove but, that. Uh, remove the white band and you might get there. Okay. Just, oh, you're not there yet. Yeah, he's not there yet. Oh, no, you're not so, where we're at yet. You're yeah. in a different. You're still in the first third. Not, we're in the. We're getting into, you know, Bottom. the the middle of the cigar. You know, yeah. middle of the second third. So maybe so that's it's where, a little different. I wonder if that's where maybe we get some of that. Like, you, you know, said, there's a lot of different fillers, right? So there's Four. Dominican, Nicaraguan, and uh, American filler. And cool. So, I mean, you gotta. What is it? Is it, Nicar- is it Nicaraguan that's the strongest or Dominican? I f- go back and forth. That I think is preference, man. I mean, it's all de- it all depends. I, I, I can't really speak on, I don't know what kind of Dominican or what kind of Nicaraguan tobacco, but my personal opinion, I feel like Nicaraguan tobacco is very strong. I don't know. That's just yeah. me. I mean, either way between those two, that's where you're going to see. I that. don't blend them. I smoke them. Yeah, right. I, man. I... This one, I hope we can get the EP on the show. That would be awesome just to ask him these type of things because you got a guy who understands every intricate detail of these cigars. Like, that's someone I would love to talk to. But especially, like, even just asking him questions about this. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's something I'd bring up, like, five years later. Be like, hey, remember that? Yeah, what was that process like? Yeah. Um, You touched on the tasting notes for the uh, McKenna. You said caramel. It's definitely on there as the smell and taste. Um, okay. Some sweetness, some honey, a little spicy, it says, too. Um, I'm picking up a little spicy on the McKenna, for sure, because it's got a longer finish. I'm not saying it's the longest we've had, but it's not the shortest finish we had, but you taste it, and you're like, oh, this is an easy sipper. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the McKenna as it stands right now, maybe I'll feel a little bit better the more I get into it, but it's not... But, for what I've heard about this bottle being hyped up to a hundred dollars, it's it's just there for me. Like, see, he said that I feel the same way, and that's kind of how I felt taste wise. I it's grown better on me as like the first time I was like, uh. we don't usually do a whiskey review this early, but I'm gonna say this right now: I would never buy this bottle for a hundred dollars. No, yeah, never. never buy never. this bottle for a hundred. I, I, I would never. I think Gio got a fair If this price. is your everyday pour and you love this bottle, do what you got to do, man. But I would never pay a hundred dollars for like. That at retail it's not unreasonable it's not bad I, I, like it sounds like i'm shitting on it it's just i don't know i think if like if it's my only option and you know the rest is all like garbage then yeah i'm gonna take the mckenna like i know it's not gonna upset me but ah man like i just think at 60 bucks like there's other stuff that i would probably grab off a shelf and it, again it's good it just is not my favorite I just thought of like the best idea for an episode, and I'll let you guys know at the end. All right, all right. Um, yeah, just um, it's grown on me. It's, I don't know. Like, I agree with Gio. For sixty bucks, I I could find something else. Like, I sorry, not to crap on Heaven Hill. Great distillery, like a ton of your products out there. I just don't know why this one is like the prices jumped. If this was between forty and forty-five dollars, I feel like that would be more reasonable. Like, it's good. It's just not. I don't feel like I've wasted my money, but you know, yeah. I mean, not it is what it is. But 
anyways, we'll get off our whiskey we'll, tangent. We'll get off the whiskey <laughs> tangent. <laughs> I just want to say I'm looking forward to the Fourth of July. Uh, looking forward to everything that uh, you know is coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, yeah, just some exciting things, man. Great cigar. All right, whiskey. Exciting holiday. Exciting holiday. We love Fourth. But uh, another speaking of exciting holidays and exciting stuff, uh, we have Patrol Gone Wild for you. That's always exciting. I always love Patrol Gone <laughs> Wild because I feel like we got some pretty good clips this All week, right. and there there is three this week. So let's uh, get right into those. Let's buddy. do it. Patrol Gone Wild. We're doing it big. All right, Caleb. We'll start with you, buddy. All right. Up first, uh, we have a fight at an airport. After this plays out, guys, uh, you know. We'll let you guess uh, what state you think this is and what airlines. I think it's pretty easy to figure out. For our out. audio listeners, what's happening here? All right. So we have a fight in an airport and lots of security jumping in. Make sure you guys are watching on YouTube, though. You're going to want to see these clips. They're always funny and good. So yeah. we'll let Jerry play it. Definitely subscribe. Oh, my God. God. No, 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 no. This is not. See the yellow back there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely spirit. That guy wants nothing to do with it. He's out. Is that a fucking gun on the ground? Yeah, I know. But I see, I see the police. Oh, that's They're never flying. <laughs> not not to shit on him, but uh, yeah, man. Tell me a little about what's, what's happening. So in there. Orlando Airport, so Florida Spirit Airlines. You you know something like that's happened on Spirit. Um, th- just an angry customer over uh just delays in the flight. So got angry, got a little handsy with uh the guy at the counter and turned into an all out brawl with a uh, husband, wife, and a couple people behind the counter at Spirit Airlines. So uh, Florida always known to throw down. <laughs> Spirit Airlines always known to throw down, so we got a good old airport fight. I mean, to be honest, let's be thankful they're always willing to throw down, not go down. <laughs> yes, you'd rather have fights than your flights crash. Of you know what, just not hopefully a fight on board while the plane's in air. You you'll arrive safely. It just might be uncomfortable. That that should be Spirit's <laughs> like tagline. That's just such a why. Yeah. I, like. Gio didn't even do this when his flight to the Dominican Republic got fucking completely canceled. Right. Like, I I just don't understand that, like, behaving like that. Like, I don't, I would never think to fight someone over something out of their control. Like, I can get being mad at the situation. We've all had a flight delay where we have been like, this fucking sucks. I had a uh, flight get delayed to our trip to Jamaica. Remember that? Yeah. All right. So here's what they told me. I had uh, COVID-19 like three weeks prior, and I was told if I could test positive for 90 days, but as long as I had a note from the Board of Health or the Erie County Health Executors saying that I was cleared and I did all the protocol and I brought this letter, I could still get on the plane because I, I completed quarantine and did everything I was supposed to. I brought the note. I brought my passport, everything. They were like, yeah, you can't get on that flight unless you have a negative COVID test from the last 72 hours. And I'm like, okay, well, I was advised by the government not to do a COVID test because I could test positive for 90 days. Uh, And here's the thing. I didn't get to go to that trip to Jamaica. And I still did not cause a scene like this. 
I didn't. And that was your honeymoon ruined. It and, was. Yeah. It was our honeymoon, and it so. was ruined. I had a terrible delay in New York City coming home from the Virgin Islands. I spent 18 hours in the airport, and part of it was uh, when the airport closed in between like 2 in the morning and before it opened in 6, there was literally no place to get food, nothing to do but just sit in line at the terminal, and it sucked. Not comfortable to sleep on the not comfortable to sleep on those chairs or on the floor. I just watch Netflix from like two to f- six in the morning. Dude, that's unfortunate. Like, why? <laughs> but uh-huh. anywho, seems like uh, we got our next clip getting lined up here. I'll I'll get into my patrol gone wild. I think right. you guys will really enjoy this. It incorporates fireworks. It incorporates police. And uh, this is just a little police chatter from New York City. Ooh, so, all right. Let's let's get into this. uncomfortable walking home. States she's walking home, and it's a war zone. Combination of fireworks and gunshots. Welcome to New York. <laughs> Tell me about it. That's <laughs> heard so I, I just thought that that was really funny the the radio chatter in new york city she's like yeah she says there's fireworks there's guns being shot and the the officer goes welcome to new york <laughs> yeah. and the, the dispatcher agrees with the officer and goes tell me about it four to five shots and i'm like this is fucking hilarious dude that city's absolutely out of control uh just to to touch on this uh you know new york city uh Believe it or not, crime is down uh, substantially in uh, categories across New York City. NYPD data shows that uh, shootings are actually down 25% so far in 2023 compared to last year. Murders are down by 14%. So they are doing their jobs there, and that's uh, obviously you know our boys in blue doing their jobs. Uh, the NYPD is attributed to the drop in crime because of proactive policing. Since the beginning of uh, the year, officers have seized over 2,100 guns and made over 1,800 gun arrests. So I just want to give a little shout-out to our boys in blue there and uh, New York's finest. So, you know, keep doing your jobs out there. We know it's tough out there for you boys, but just know that uh, the boys here in Buffalo got your back. Kind of shocked by those numbers. I just thought maybe the drop in crime was everyone leaving New York City because it sucks. I mean, that <laughs> yeah. that absolutely could be. But I mean, like you heard literal radio chatter from uh, <laughs> yeah, from right. the city. It's just it's it's funny to hear that. Yeah. What do you think about that, Gio? I mean, you imagine getting on the air and somebody's like, "Yeah, this lady, uh, this lady's she's scared right now because she's hearing fireworks and gunshots." And you got over the air and you're like, "Welcome to New York." <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Anyone who's got any law enforcement experience knows that there's just been some absolutely absurd calls. And you just be like, oh, okay. Like, you were off the other day. I got a call saying someone was butchering a cow in <laughs> their garage. Are you allowed to do that if you buy the cow? Yes. That's <laughs> I, would, I would think so, right? Pull up. Sure shit. They were, they were butchering the cow. Oh, legit. Yeah. Like, Did you get anything good? Did you get some prime? Some bacon? I just look and I was like, yeah. Is all right, bacon um, pig? Oh, yeah. What yeah. the fuck? They make beef bacon. All bacon right, is the main. Yeah. yeah, I deserve that. But <laughs> I was just like, some oh. Filet? Okay. All right. And then, you know, radio back advice. Just tell them to close their garage when they're butchering their cow. <laughs> <laughs> like, just the most random shit like that. Like, 
and I get it's weird. Like fuck we, the city of good neighbors, bro. This is the city of good butchers. <laughs> the city folk aren't used to like animals getting cut up in garages. It's not like right living but, out in the country. Peta has entered the chat. How do you? How do they? They, they don't just come like yeah. cut in ribeye. <laughs> Or like, where did this cow come from? So there's no farms in the city. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that that is definitely you can, no. You could buy a cow like and just you bring it home. Like I yeah, it's like getting it. like uh like a deer or you know going to get like a bear tag and you want to cut up some fucking bear. You're more than welcome to do that. Well, at first I couldn't like obviously there's some restaurants. I was hoping like I was like oh man I hope this is the address. I was like ugh. This is, might be a different call. I was like, eh, we need to call the health department or some shit. But, it might not be a cow. It might be a person. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was clearly a cow. Like, you saw, like, hooves and shit. But, so, I'll get into my patrol gone wild clip. So, not a, it, it's a little uh, tongue-in-cheek with the caption, I thought. It very fits the uh, 4th of July mold here. But, so, what's going on right now is there's some pretty severe... Uh, rioting going on in france right now bro they're like running around with like machine guns and shit belt fed machine guns it's crazy yeah so uh this is in response they're they uh unfortunately they're a protest from some form of officer involved shooting i don't know the details of it i didn't research it but they're not happy with the situation like but this is a view from inside one of the armored cars right now in france so I think go. you guys will see here. It's a nice little uh, fireworks show, so to speak. Again, subscribe to that YouTube channel. Watch these, watch these little clips, man. If you like listening to it on the way to work, you can still do that on YouTube. You could also do that on Cigar Hustler Podcast Network, the number one cigar podcast network on Podbean. Uh, however you like to get your podcasts, we're there for you guys. So let us know if there's anything we could do better and any other ways you'd like to watch the clip. So let's get into that. crazy but there's obviously some nuttiness going down right now in france like they've had uh the numbers i looked at they've arrested over 200 people for rioting and looting their president has came out and said this is people taking advantage of a terrible situation i don't know how deep it is but like then you look and see some of the comments and like it's really weird like so french people typically culturally have not liked americans but like one of the comments i was like like we're sick of our police acting like american police and i wow. was like what that is fucked up oh see i That's heard i heard other comments saying that american police should act more like that that french policeman i saw comments like that after after watching that video though i gotta say it looks like the uh french people are celebrating bastille day a little too early they still got another <laughs> oh, 12 days or so but I, yeah, I don't know the details around, regarding the situation. I haven't watched the video. I just saw those clips and I was like, holy crap. Yeah, that doesn't look too good there. Too many fireworks, too smoky, uh, bad, and like, bad driving. Obviously, like, you know, we've worked through some riots and it's, it can get crazy. For sure. Dude, we went through all that. Yeah. So uh, I was like, it's I not, just hope it's they not all, fun. No, dude, like. I just hope it, for the the safety of you know all the officers and all the responding first responders that are out there doing their jobs, just trying to go people, home safe, like, and they weren't too fucking soft to call off. Yeah, 
I don't know if they can even do that. They get vacation in those countries. I don't fucking know. I don't know their rules. They probably get so much vacation time. It's probably double, double. Yeah, they get siestas and shit. It's Europe. They they take naps midday. The whole city retires. Everyone takes a nap or goes drinks wine on lunch for like a two hour lunch. Is that actually a thing? Oh, in Europe, yeah. I'm serious. People take like siestas during the day. Like as if you work as part of your like eight hour workday, come around like noon or one o'clock, you get like a three hour siesta. You could take a nap, take a long lunch, drink some vino. That's what they do out there. Geo making weird faces, dude. He's hearing those uh, those mortars going off. Big celebration, baby. Yeah. America. Fireworks or gunshots? <laughs> uh, I would assume they were fireworks. Yeah. yeah. Based on where Safer we are. part of town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, hopefully that uh, turns out all right here. And uh, I think this actually is a time for our next segment. The news. It's I'm, our news I'm with new. Caleb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah. Let's get into that, buddy. All right. All right. So news with Caleb. Up first, we have Redwood Empire whiskey brand plants one million trees. So um, we've done uh, Redwood Empire on the show before, very early on in our show's history. But uh, so if you guys didn't know, they're out of California, Pacific Coast, uh, Right between Monterey Bay and the Southern Oregon border, it's a 420 coastal mile, 420 baby, blaze up. Um, that's <laughs> so act- stupid. Yeah, but that's actually like the Emerald Triangle where they do grow a lot of weed. But um, so they have these huge ancient forests, and they haven't been uh, reseeded. They've been harvested almost 95 percent. So as part of uh, Redwood Empire's goal to give back to this area where they're located, where they source some, you know, grains, whatever's necessary for their product. Their goal was for every bottle sold to plant a tree, and this started out in 2015, and they reached it, and they planted a million trees since 2015. So I think they've sold is- a million bottles since 2015. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I gotta say, man, that Emerald Giant, that was really good, man. When oh, we yeah. when we reviewed that, uh, what the hell was that? That was like our third, maybe it could be our second episode. Very early, very early, very early. And yeah. the only other bottle I brought was the. The special edition rye from this Christmas. That was the red bottle, right? No, the green bottle, but it had a different label. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, they just wanted to give back to the national parks. Um, it's you know, it's part of the environment. They wanted to give back. Uh, they're all about restoring the forest. Um, Are they planting redwoods? I don't know if they're planting redwoods. Uh, let me just see. I think they're just planting trees. Just, I've seen pictures of the redwoods, and my parents, Amazing. my parents have been there. It's like right outside of uh, San Francisco. And uh, it's pretty unbelievable the size of those things, man. They have been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Thousands. Uh, th- Thousands, yeah. Okay. Some of those trees are like almost 2,000 years old. Okay. They're uh, older than our country. <laughs> I, I mean, it, they're really unbelievable. They're, it, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, when you see how small you really are, just compared to a fucking tree, you're like, nothing. Some of those trees are like wider than your house. Mm-hmm. Like It's nuts. So here's here's one thing. So in summer 2022... They already planted half a million trees, and now it's summer 2023. They reached their goal of a million. So from the last year, they sold half a million bottles to get to that million part. So that's I think that's inc- in one year, that's incredible growth. It's actually really cool. Oh, yeah. So this Good is... for them. I'm not saying yeah. like I'm a big like, oh, yeah, man, the environment. But it is pretty cool that they're doing something positive with their, you know, their, their profits. Oh, great uh, success. Really, really cool. Great success because I hate um, California too. By the way, yeah, we, I, I'm not a fan. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Beautiful country. I, by the way, I've been to California. One of the most beautiful places you could ever go to. Just not a fan of how it's run and their sure, policies. Sure, sure. Yeah. Not saying it's ugly. Yeah. They have the best beaches in the world. But. Some of the best beaches. All right, whatever. I am an East Coast guy. I'm a Florida guy, you know? All right. Flow uh, rider. Flow rider. What else we got? All right. Up next for the news with Caleb, we have uh, Kentucky Peerless Master Distiller and COO are departing to found a new distillery. So uh, their master distiller, Caleb Kilburn, and the chief operating officer, Cordell Lawrence, they are launching a new whiskey company called East, um, in eastern Kentucky called Eastern Light Distilling. So um, it's going to be in Rowan County. Uh, it's near Moorhead. Uh, it's east of Lexington. So they are investing over $140 million in this new company. So um, I guess we got a new whiskey to be on the lookout for, made by the guys who make Peerless. So what are they going to source it from MGP? <laughs> no, these guys no, are master no, no, distillers. I would imagine they have shit put away. They they're in charge of all the barrels, man. Right, but so but that belongs to Peerless. They would have to I be doing it on their that. own time. They, who knows what kind yeah. of side projects they it, have? It's gonna all right. So what they have in this article, it's gonna be very similar to how Bardstone Bourbon Company and MGP makes their whiskey. Um, I'm sure these guys they were planning this move. They probably have the recipe book, uh, maybe some backup storage since they were with Peerless. And you've been to Peerless, right? Yeah, you picked up that bottle for me, the single barrel. I've been to yeah. Peerless, and I got to tell you, it's actually really, really cool. Uh, really, really great tour too. You and the at the op- uh, at the end of it, you have this opportunity to sit in the room. You get to do all the taste testing. You get to try all of their uh, expressions, their regular expressions. They also have like. Uh, you know, like some some seasonal stuff that you can try and yeah. also buy. So they're one of those distilleries that where you're going there, and if you're looking for something that's like allocated, you can actually have the opportunity to purchase that, which is pretty rare. Like in comparison to some of the bigger ones, like Four Roses, you go there, it's they're you know the small batch, small batch select, so the regular and the single barrel. Uh, they don't really give you the opportunity to purchase any of their like really crazy stuff. So, <laughs> well, that bottle you picked up for me, I loved it. Still got a little left. Uh, maybe calls for a drink tonight to finish it off. Uh, be note, their master distiller, that Caleb Kilburn, um, he's he's our age, so he's master distiller at Peerless, but he's leaving to move on to his own project. So I think that's for a guy who's in his. Uh, early 30s that's amazing so uh i guess be on the lookout for this new distillery and uh, we'll see what they have to offer absolutely what else we got bud all right we're kicking off our third story uh cigar cigar news news, and i'm gonna let geo handle this he's our cigar guy so i'm excited for this one because by the time this episode airs i'm sure me you and our boy jake from crown heads will be probably sampling these bad boys debuting at pca this year the limited edition four kicks mule kick 2023 ecuadorian right yes so typically this is a little bit of a departure from the normal mule kick line like they normally just change the wrapper and make it a little bit unique they actually even changed the blend on this one so yeah. it's a true unique one-off for them uh from what i was reading about it here uh john huber was blown away by the uh, ecuadorian sumatra wrapper when um uh, E.P. Carrillo was taught, like, introduced it, and he wanted to incorporate it. In- I love the Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. I'm just throwing that yeah. out there. You love Sumatra. I do. I do. I like Sumatra wrappers. I like Mexican San Andreas. There's a lot of stuff out there right now that I like. So this bad boy is going to be a 
five and seven eighths by 52 Robusto Extra. Uh, they're going to come in packs of 10, 3,000 boxes. Uh, let's see here. They're going to be about $13 a stick. I can't wait to smoke this. I loved the OG Mule, or I shouldn't say the OG Mule kick. The uh, was it was it the one we had the with, you that, had the box right there. That was the Mexican San Andreas. Yeah. Yes, yes, that was uh, last year's Mule kick. That okay. was a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. It was a really great cigar. Yeah. Uh, when I first smoked it, I was like, yeah. Uh, I was halfway through it, and I literally turned back around <laughs> to the store, and I went and I bought the whole box. So yeah, they did a fantastic job last year. If you had not had the opportunity to smoke last year's Mule Kick, definitely go give that a whirl if you can find it. I'm not saying it's not available, but there's probably some floating around out there yeah. somewhere. Go I to mean, your honey hole. Yes. Everybody has one. Um, the So the differences in the blend this year, it's going to be a Dominican binder and then a Dominican and Nicaraguan filler. So they'll have a little bit more complexities. Uh Without getting too much into you know the extra details, I'm sure we'll talk about it at a later time, and we'll probably smoke more than a few of these. I feel like we always do, especially at the four kicks line. But also a cool little box. They always make it a tribute. You know, very very interesting packaging. Like last year, because it was a Mex- Mexican San Andreas wrapper, the box had the uh, Mexican flag. Like, I noticed good. this year is the Ecuadorian flag. Yes, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's a nice tribute to the country where the wrappers come yeah. from. I mean, I wonder how often they're going to be able to do that. Like, I mean, in- eventually you're going to run out of countries, right? That or like they'll figure out a way to do it. You know, John's pretty creative in that regard. I mean, if they do a USA Connecticut, we're going to get the American flag box. That'd be a cool box. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then you're almost on the the level of the EPC uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. But uh, I I I know we're gonna have that. Like I'm, this was actually a little uncertain here. These uh, pledge of allegiance. I actually was a little panicked on uh, this cigar. I was like, we have to get this because if we don't get it, it's gonna be gone. This is a pretty hype cigar. Seventeen hundred and seventy six boxes uh, of ten uh, retails around twenty dollars. Uh, very very good cigar. Obviously, you talked They're about. Gone. <laughs> well, you. You talked on the, you know, the the availability of these cigars and how, you know, EPC released a list of all the retailers that were carrying them. So there was no like, oh, maybe I can find a place that never really advertised it. No, no, no. There's none of that. People found the cigars. Uh, call around if you have your chance to get a hold of this. And there's a single laying around. Pick this thing up, man. This thing is incredible. Yeah, it was a doozy of a cigar. Well, I feel like this would be a really great tie-in. You know, obviously we're ending the near uh, the episode. We're ending the near the episode. Uh, Caleb, did you get your scar review done? I am just uh, tailing up the numbers right now, so I'm sure to get my overall score in a second. Really good episode, guys. I, I had a lot of fun today. Uh, obviously, we got to talk a lot on the Fourth of July. We got to smoke the the most American amazing cigar that wasn't made by an American family. Uh, pretty amazing product they always put out. Uh, I just appreciate the craftsmanship by EPC. So uh, this was a this was an absolute treat, and obviously spending it and smoking it with people that I care about and, you know, people that appreciate a nice cigar, this is a great opportunity. So, Caleb, what would you think, man? All right, I'm ready. Uh, you guys already know, appearance on this thing, it's getting a 10. Uh, the band was awesome. That long blue band on it as well. All the stars, the box, red, white, blue sh- stars got a 10. Uh, fits perfect with the holiday. What it was meant to do. 
Uh, burn, I gave it a nine. Uh, only one touch up. Other than that, no issues at all. Uh, construction, gave it a nine and a half. Perfect stack of dimes. Uh, ash when you wanted it to. You had to put this thing out or else the, the ash would have held up the whole way through. Uh, draw, I did a V cut on this one because I, I thought with the tip of this, I can make it work. Kind of wish I went with a straight cut just to get a folder draw out of it. But you know what? I'm not going to knock it. Uh, enjoyment, giving it a nine as well. It's a holiday weekend. We're smoking a you know very limited 1776 edition like cigar like that. So you know what? It 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 fits what this cigar was meant to be. It fit its purpose. Uh, it's getting a 46 and a half for me. That is a 93 overall. And I just want to say, um, I know I mentioned the peppery notes came in halfway through. Now that I'm getting to like the bottom third, the peppery notes kind of went away. So there's like a cool flavor change going on here. That's, um, it's got to be that blend. Yeah, it's got to be the blend. And I just got to say, Smoky Stick, I love a good old Smoky Stick. So 93, uh, great cigar, man. All right, I'll get it into mine. Uh, the appearance, got to follow suit here, man. 10. Look at the presentation on that box, man. Gio, you mind holding it up? Look at that thing, man. That's so beautiful. That numbered box there. All the what number did we get? 318. 318. Good numbers. Appearance, 10. I mean, beautiful. Stars and Stripes, uh, Pledge of Allegiance. What a tribute to the country. 1,776 boxes. Uh, <laughs> does it get better than that? America, baby. America. I know I said it two but other times yeah. this episode. But uh, the burn, I gave it a nine, just to touch on what Caleb said. Uh, dude, this thing is not going to ash unless, y- y- you know, you're, you're physically ashing it. Uh, the burn the burn line is literally perfect. Uh, I don't really give a lot of tens on burn. I've never actually seen one that's, like, completely perfect. But, again, this is a nine for me. Uh, construction, the thing's built like a fucking tank, as you'd expect out of a company like EPC. Uh, the draw... Went with a straight cut, gave it a nine as well. Touching on Caleb's notes as always, very smoky, man. Like a smoky stick. And I also appreciated the draw with the smokiness. Uh, I like a lot of smoke, so I really, really like this. Bring my overall enjoyment to a 9.5. Bring me to a 46.5, 93 overall. Very high rating cigar for me. Also, one of those cigars that I was really looking forward to since the announcement of the cigar. Uh, the interview with EPC talking about the blend and how he was really excited to put this cigar out. Uh, some tasting notes. Uh, I did get a lot of like pepper, and that lasted up to maybe around halfway through the cigar. Uh, but it was also like a mix of like espresso, coffee, chocolate, stuff like that. I don't know if that was just like the dark Maduro wrapper. But this thing is absolutely beautiful. Uh, if you have the opportunity to smoke this thing, make sure you guys get your hands on it because it is really, really good. Uh, that being said, man, I'm, I'm getting into that final third now. It's starting to soften up a little bit as far as the pepper. I'm not really getting yeah, that pepper. It crazy. is really, really, really turning into like a smooth finish on this thing. Uh, I would probably say this thing is definitely a full-body cigar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, Definitely feeling the cigar. Really, I'll, really I'll touch liked on it. that when we get into my review. So that got, being said, you're feeling it a, a, a yeah. little bit. Not, I'm not saying I'm like head high. I obviously also had uh, two pours of the McKenna Ten. That's a hundred proof whiskey. So uh, really, really enjoyed the pairing. 
the McKenna 10 was really good too, man. Made I gotta a good say, pair. made a good pairing. It made a good pairing. At first, I really was concerned about the 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 heat, the heat on the McKenna overpowering the cigar, but since I've kind of finished off the McKenna, this thing really turned into a treat, man. So I'll pass it over to Geo. Uh, if you guys have the chance to smoke this thing, definitely reach out and get it. All right. I, I don't think there's any surprise. Appearances is a 10. It's a clear-cut 10. Like there, There's not many cigar companies that will put out an appearance like that as far as a 10. You know, Toro Fuente with their higher-end releases. That's the standard. Like... For, you know, if you want a perfect presentation, it's going to stand out on a shelf. It's going to look cool in, you know, your humidor, all that stuff. Uh, Burn, I gave it a nine. I touched it up a couple times and, you know, that's always a good sign for me. Construction, 100% in agreement with you. I gave this thing a 9.5 on construction. I think I had one flake of ash fall on me this entire episode. And, you know... What more can you ask? This thing is just a beautiful, beautiful, even going into the actual blend itself, if we could, the construction and blend four different tobaccos together and well, not... think of the complexity. Yeah. The complexity. How complex is this cigar? Yeah. Like... I wish I had the ability to really get into this with the palate. Oh, my goodness. I Dude. wish. Too bad I'm like an alcoholic and I have to <laughs> fucking have four drinks to sit here to really get into it. Draw, I gave it an eight. Uh, little, little, slight loose for my liking. Uh, other than that, like, fantastic. I straight cut it. I wonder if I would have liked it better with a V. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like Caleb did the complete opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I. Just he, the, he says he wishes he would have straight cut his. You say you wish you would have V cut yours. Well, like the kind of weird, like the cap on it. It it almost had the shape where you it looked like you could have done a V cut. But I think if I would have like a shorter straight cut, might have got a little better draw. It definitely wasn't a torpedo, but you're yeah. right. It did it did seem to get a little thinner at the cap, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. So that's why I tried it. But and yes. like obviously, we're talking. You just rolled. Four different kinds of tobacco, which we know it's going to be varying shapes and sizes. Like, again, the craftsmanship that went into this, you know, speaks volumes of what goes into making such a, you know, wonderful cigar like this. My enjoyment, I gave it a nine. That brought my overall score to a 45.5, giving it a 91. And as far as my enjoyment, the reason I gave it a nine, been looking forward to this cigar and... Every now and then, you know, when you're really looking forward to something, it lives up to the hype. And the Pledge of Allegiance did just that. Uh, I like that. One thing I was going to touch on is the strength of it. I got to the midway point of it, and, like, I took, like, a deep puff just not paying attention. When it was like, whoo, a little, little kick in the mouth there. Not in a bad way. It's not going to put you on your ass or melt in the chair. But if you want to relax and watch a football game with this bad boy, you are going to melt in there. And enjoy if you really want to get into it. What about if you just want to kick back, watch some fireworks, and celebrate <laughs> what it's like to be, you know, uh, just American, free? I mean, and yeah, sure. Obviously, we all have our political views and and you know the things that differentiate all of us. But at the end of the day, there's one thing this country has that's great, man. It's the fact that we can do what we want, say what we want, and just be who we want to be, and. I think that's very special about our country, and I know obviously sometimes political views can jade that a little bit, but 
I think every day that I was born in America and that I'm an American citizen. So, oh, I'm I'm thankful my ancestors came here instead of staying in Poland. Uh, I got one question for Gio. That halfway point. Did you get that peppery kick like me and Gio, uh, me and Jerry said? I didn't taste the spice. Okay. Okay. Just wondering if you got it. Like that was one thing that it, I guess. You know, this is where the everyone has a different palate comes into play. I didn't consider this spicy at all. I considered this a smooth, but like nicotine heavy. Yeah, this thing, this thing's this, this is a very strong cigar. I'm not getting that for me. True, full. Uh, well, no, I would. This when they say full, this they mean full here. It's not like, uh, like Roma really has the uh, put you on their ass full body. This is like if you smoked a bunch of cigars and you want to feel like that nicotine, this this is it. And also Caleb, though, you chiefed that thing. I don't know if that would make a difference or not. Like I feel like the way you smoke sometimes it doesn't allow that nicotine to hit until you're we're done recording. <laughs> what was the Vitola on this? Oh, this is a big boy. Um, yeah, this is a big cigar, right? I think it says it on the box if you don't. If you don't. It might. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I will say, though. Uh, considering the last couple cigars that we have smoked, this would probably be the fullest that I've experienced. Just in, you know, I don't think it's going to put me on my ass. Well, it hasn't, but it's definitely uh, yeah, this out is of a, the last that we've done fuller. It's a six by fifty-four. Yeah, it's a big cigar, man. It's like a a, a fatter Toro. Yeah, you know, it's a little thicker of a Toro. But uh, oh yeah. That being said, guys, overall uh, score. Just yeah, what was the overall score? Uh, ninety-two point three three. So uh, high rating alert right here. Great stick. 92? Nice. Yeah, I mean, hell, that's got to be one of our highest ratings. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, this is just an early prediction for me. Like, this is probably going to be one of the contenders for an aficionado cigar of the year. I definitely think it'll make the, like, top 25 without a doubt. This is a fantastic, fantastic cigar. Like, it's, it's, it's different. It is. Like, it is. We've smoked a lot of cigars, and I don't think I've smoked anything like this. Like, I just know it's something special when you smoke it. Um, uh, I don't know again what other companies do as far as their like rating systems. We've obviously talked about that, but my guess is these you know reviewers with much more inv- advanced palettes. Yeah, are good guys. This, this is uh, cigar reviews for dummies. Right. A B C D E. We don't so, we don't get too yeah. pompous. We'll just tell you what you know here and like whether it's good or not. This is fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> Put it this way, I don't give a lot of nineties out. Very true. That being said, guys, Caleb, closing notes of the episode, bud. Guys, make sure you subscribe to YouTube. We had a lot of clips in the show. You're gonna want to see those all. Um, subscribe, grower gang. We we're gonna say this. We're gonna keep saying it. Five hundred subscribers, big giveaway. Uh, help us get there. Tell your friends. Make them all like the show. Uh, make sure you follow on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, TikTok. Jerry's putting out the great TikTok videos. And if you're listening, audio only, make sure you find us on the Cigar Hustlers Podcast Network. We're always going to be there. The number one podcast for cigars on Podbean. Facts. Big facts. Gio, anything you want to touch on, bud? And uh, guys, for those listening, uh, look out for us at PCA this week. You know, this will come out the 5th. We're landing there. The seventh, we'll be there the whole weekend. We're gonna be with, you know, the cigar hustler boys. I'm sure you'll see us there if you're fans of the show and all that. Let us know. We can't wait to interact with you guys, and you know, we're looking forward to it. It's gonna be a fun one. Absolutely, man. And that being said, I just want to say one more thing. I know I got a little bit, uh, you know, not like emotional, but like a little sentimental on the show. But 
Dude, I just want to say again, proud to be an American citizen, man. Celebrate with your families, and I hope, obviously, this uh, airs the day after the holidays, but I hope you guys had a fantastic holiday and you spent it with your family, blew off some fucking fireworks, not fingers, (laughs) and smoked a fucking great cigar, and hopefully we were a part of your day, you know? And drank some great whiskey. Make sure you get, get, get your drink on. That being said, we'll see you guys next Wednesday. Peace. The Down to Herf Podcast, its owners and sponsors take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show hosts or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of Mike and Mike Productions or the podcast providers, and opinions between talk show hosts may differ. It's not our intention to libel, incite, or hurt anyone's feelings. We invite you to write the show's host, Jerry Lewandowski, with any feedback or suggestions you have for their show. These broadcasts are presented and made public as entertainment in the hopes that they will be entertaining to the audience.